Welcome back, Life Group Leaders, to another episode of the Life Group Leader Podcast. This is Pastor Evan, and I'm joined with Pastor Hayden. Woo, woo, woo. We are finally back in town at the same time. Looking at each other face to face. Finally. Well, here at Compass Bible Church, we exist to make disciples of Jesus Christ. We do so by reaching people for Christ, teaching people to be like Christ, and training people to serve Christ. And everything that we do, including this podcast, is to fulfill that mission to make disciples. Well, well, how, well y'all, we're in our current series still, House Flippers. And the sermon title for this week's sermon, uh, tomorrow's sermon, is Discipline That Works. And that's based off Colossians 3, verse 21. I've been really enjoying reading these single verses, so I will read this with gusto. (laughs) Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. All right, Pastor Hayden, what do you have prepared for us? What is the sermon focus this week? Hey guys, well, here we are on another week uh, here at Compass Bible Church, and i just so excited to see all God's done in the life of our church and our life groups, specifically and how you guys have just been so faithful and as we're seeing a lot of new people jumping in uh, this week uh, as we look at Colossians 3.21. What we are going to focus in on is this main idea. Comprehending the purpose of godly discipline is vital for anyone who desires to correct their child in a way that nurtures their soul and tames their heart, because that's what we want to do when it comes to discipline. We want to nurture their soul and raise them uh, to come to know Christ, and we want to tame their heart, because that is indeed the problem with all humanity, is we have rebellious hearts toward God. And so when we can put these two things together, as we're making disciples in our home, we're going to give discipline that works. And so we're going to do that three different ways uh, this week in our sermon that we hope to apply in our life groups and in our homes and in our lives. The first point is this, to tame the heart of your rebellious children. I mean, that's what God desires to do, not only with Israel, but with all Christians here in the church age, is to tame the rebellion of people. And he does that through Christ and through godly discipline that he even enacts on us. The second thing is we need to discipline for the purpose of discipleship. Of course, you're going to be able to talk about this, dive more into this in your life group, uh, but we need to understand the difference of of discipline because I'm angry and mad and frustrated uh, and discipline that is measured and purposeful to disciple our kiddos. And finally, what we need to do, not only uh, as parents, but also as children of God, is don't shirk God's discipline. This idea is we can't turn away or wiggle our way out of God's discipline in our own lives. Like God desires to discipline his children to make us holy, uh, to make us uh, profitable and useful, just like we hope to do that thing with our children as well. And so this is our sermon focus, your main idea, and your three teaching points that go with it that we're going to be jumping into this week. All right, Pastor Hayden, this seems very straightforward enough, but to really help us to have a deeper understanding, to almost be able to explain this in our own words, what are some helpful insights that we can have when understanding, you know, God's view of discipline? Good question. And one thing we just needed to hit on as uh, life group leaders, as we're thinking through this and wondering how to lead our life groups faithfully, uh, is just understanding that discipline is not a bad word. 
in our culture, discipline has become a negative thing. Uh, a lot of research out there that says how discipline is bad and wrong, and really a lot more research out there just as you look at the world that suggests that a lack of discipline is what puts our culture kind of where it is. Uh, and so what we need to look at is even in the words disciple, which is what uh, not only we are as the nouns, we are disciples, but even the verb as to to disciple uh, is very, very similar to the word discipline. As a matter of fact, there's only two letters that separate the two words, and it's the word I-N. So we see these are the most, almost the same words. And so I like to look at it this way. Uh, because the only difference is the, word, the letters I-N, which spell the word in, we can say that discipline is what happens when somebody is in Christ. And so I become a disciple, and because I'm a disciple, I take part in the discipline of God. And so to be a disciple means I'm going to have God's discipline because I'm in Christ. You get it? It's uh, just a little play on words to just show the interconnectedness between the two words. Uh, for anyone who is a disciple of Christ that doesn't expect the discipline of God uh, has the wrong idea of the word discipline, which is the same thing that we ought to understand in our own homes, that anyone who is a disciple in your home and I understand uh, your kid may not be a Christian, so you don't claim them to be a disciple. Yes, but the discipleship process takes place before conversion in almost every single situation ever in the history of Christianity. Uh, there is this point where they have to come to know the gospel, and people come to know the gospel 100% of the time before they turn from their sins and trust in Christ. So the discipleship process is before even salvation, and so that's so important when it comes to how you're going to raise up little disciples in your home. You're going to raise them up, and before they turn from their sins and trust in Christ, they're already in the discipleship process. So discipleship and discipline are interconnected, and you're leading them and teaching them discipleship through Discipline. Does that make sense, Pastor Evan? It's making sense. In All this, right. I like it when I make sense. In this text, <laughs> uh, Life Group Leader, is essentially discipleship gone wrong. Is that correct, Pastor Hayden? When you're provoking your children that they be discouraged? Yeah. I mean, that's the reason Paul's saying, like, you don't provoke your children. There's a way to disciple your children in a way where they obey you, according to verse 20. Uh, but that way isn't by provoking your children uh, lest they become discouraged or you just basically take the wind out of their cells, so to speak. Like, you can't do that. And there's ways to do good, godly discipline without uh, exasperating your children or making them feel like they can't do anything right, which is so many times why people don't like discipline, because people have done it wrong. We haven't done it in a godly way. You know, we don't like corporal punishment because... Uh, it's uh, we don't like spanking. Well, yeah, probably because a lot of parents have spanked their children out of anger and not out of discipleship. And we can go on and on. But we just we need to disciple well, which means we need to discipline well. And we discipline not to provoke our children, not to take the winds out of their cells, but to train them up in righteousness. And appoint them to the hope of the gospel. And that's what I love about the cross reference that you you gave us in Ephesians 6, 4. So how does Ephesians 6, 4 and Colossians 3, 21 connect? Well, they're, they're really, that's the same concept. As a matter of fact, Ephesians just uh, lengthens it a little bit by adding a little bit more context. Uh, we don't want to provoke our children to anger, according to Ephesians 6, 4, but here's what we do want through discipline. We're going to bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So we don't want to provoke our children, but we want to discipline them, and we're going to discipline them uh, by giving appropriate, measured discipline uh, that will also lead them in instruction of the Lord through using Scripture. And so it's, it's a cross-reference, or I would say a parallel passage, because it is, it's the same content. Uh, 
Paul is giving to the Colossians as he is the Ephesians. There's the same flow of thought in both of them, and the content from Colossians is taken from Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And so they're the same content, same almost the same context. Even remember, Ephesians and Colossae are very close to each other. It'd be like uh, you know Paul writing a letter to New Braunfels and San Marcos, you know, or Seguin. Uh, it's this idea that we're probably all dealing with similar things, especially when it comes to uh, disciplining our children. So you see these two verses, they really are parallel because they're talking to uh, same kind of people just in a different city. And essentially what you're going to lead, as we, we saw in your main point of the, of the text and even within your points, discipline is, has a purpose. And we see that with our daily Bible reading in Joshua. We're finishing up Joshua this week and going to be getting the book of, of Judges where we're going to see a contrast. We see Joshua in the end of the book in Joshua 24 verses 14 and 15, the famous Hobby Lobby passage. You know, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But it begins in verse 14. Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and faithfulness. You know, to put away your gods. And as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And as, as parents, and as leaders within the house, that is our goal. We want to teach our children to, to serve God sincerely and with faithfulness, and we have to disciple them and discipline them towards that direction. Or we're going to see what we're about to read in the book of Judges, where a whole nation and a whole culture did what was right in their own eyes, and we saw see that we will we will see the results as we continue the book of Judges. Right, and the, the Judges transition was really good there because, like I uh, alluded to earlier, there's a lot of research of you know here's why we need or not why here's what we're going to do to uh, lessen. Uh, the discipline in our homes, or here's why it's unhealthy to discipline your children. Uh, but there is not a lot of research of what that lack of discipline has done uh, in society and done in our families and done in the church. And so, <laughs> but as we know, as people who read the Bible, some, some biblicists, and you know, as we are, uh, we look and see, wow, uh, the lack of discipline has really been the cause of a a million other sins and uh, disobedience that we see running around in our world. And so I just encourage you, uh, look uh, as a life group leader out into society and have great examples ready for your life group to say, you know, the lack of discipline uh, in our homes has really turned out for the uh, worsening of society, not the bettering of society. And how discipline is such a wonderful, uh, godly uh, thing done in appropriate measure. All right, Pastor Hayden, that was really helpful to kind of summarize what you're about to teach tomorrow, but how can we prepare ourselves as life group leaders for the application questions? What are the direction that we should have with these questions that you prepared for us this week? Well, question number one, kind of like last week, I like this idea of, and I've done this a few times, but I just like kind of easing into these application questions by asking questions like this. What is this one observation or application that you found helpful from the sermon? It's just an easy way to get people engaging and uh, kind of opening up the conversation more broadly. And uh, so have, help people take time to uh, discuss their observations, the application that they found helpful in the sermon. Uh, that way then you can start narrowing it down as you get to questions two, three, and four. Uh, and then, like as, like we always say, on the rest of these questions, get people to, to nail down how they're going to apply this in their life. Uh, let's not just give our own commentaries, but really push people to, at, to apply these verses, these questions, this sermon, really just the Bible, uh, to their life. Because as we sit there and we 
uh, use, uh, you know, what is it, third person, you know, they, them, they, you know, it's like as we, we distance ourselves from personal application and tell the rest of the world how they need to live, we actually never get to our own hearts and our own lives. And so always redirect your life group to how can we or you and I apply these questions to our own life this week, this month, today, this moment, this hour. And that's how uh, God uses uh, these life groups and his word to exact, really, change in the lives of our people. So make sure that you're pointing towards personal application as we get into these application questions this week. Yeah, there will be a danger to do the third persons as you do these questions about discipline and disciplining your children and saying, oh, you know, people, maybe yourself or your people in the life group saying, oh, those people I know, they don't discipline their children. It's like, okay, what about you? I don't, I don't care about them right now. I care about you because you're in my life group. So it's a great tool, Pastor Hayden. We really appreciate that. Now, what are some resources that we can have on our bookshelves or on our um, Kindles uh, and be able to recommend to our life groups when disciplining kids and raising kids? Well, fortunately, there are a lot of books out there, maybe even unfortunately. I was say unfortunately, <laughs> in probably. In some cases, there's a lot of books out there about how to discipline our children. A few that we would recommend for you are uh, Shepherding a Child's Heart by Paul Tripp, Big Truth for Little Hearts by Bruce Ware, and Future Men by Doug Wilson. And of course, we gave you guys some last week that we would point you guys back to by the Kostenbergers and uh, Dr. Mike Fabares, Raising Men, Not Boys as well. Uh, but if you guys, as Pastor Evan and I were just talking, have any or read any good resources on just general uh, discipline, uh, God's discipline in just the life of the Christian, we'd love to hear some resources about those things. We have not found uh, any good ones, uh, you know, as we were briefly looking uh, for some ideas of just general discipline and how God uses discipline in the life of the Christian. So if you haven't found any good books by some great uh, reputable authors, maybe shoot those our way. We'd love to hear you guys and what you uh, have read in just general discipline. But those are some good resources as you are leading your life group to point toward uh, your people to say, hey, I, you know, I've been trying to raise my kiddos and I'm having some problems. And here are some resources that you can say, hey, our pastors have really pointed us toward these. These would be really good for you guys to read. And so remember, we give you guys these resources to give to your people as their leaders. And so uh, take this time to make sure that you remember these and write these down, have these ready for your group uh, as resources that are helpful for them. Because we often don't tell them about these resources. We tell you so that you can hand those off uh, to them. So now at this point, we're going to jump into our training from our spiritual leadership book. Pastor Evan, what do that we have uh, this week in chapter three? Well, chapter three, we have the master's master principle. And Pastor Hayden, this is a little bit of a longer chapter compared to the other <laughs> four pages. There's four yeah. pages instead of three. <laughs> right. But it was a very good chapter just to really get us focused on what God's principle for us as spiritual leaders within you know God's church. And so what are a couple of takeaways that you got from the chapter that you want our want us as life group leaders to really um, hold on to this week? Yeah, I mean a lot. I mean, I love uh, I love the master principle, not just in the context of this book, but the general master principle that you see in Scripture in Mark ten forty three and forty four that says, "Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all." I mean, this is just truly the context uh, of uh, Christian leadership in general. 
even all the way up to uh, the pastors of your church here. I mean, this is really the, the life that we have to live is the, you know, people like authority and people have lots of opinions about authority, but really as pastors, we're the servants of all. I mean, that's, you know, we have this uh, authority and responsibility, but it really uh, finds its expression through servant servanthood. Uh, your position as life group leaders finds its expression through serving everyone in your group, through shepherding them, through being there uh, for them. And you're, uh, you have authority and leadership within your group, but uh, it's never... Uh, I bet you never feel like you're the authoritative leader in the group as far as just everyone's following you and doing everything you say. It's really what you do in your group is you're serving people. And so I've, I love that in, in this chapter that we get to really dive into uh, the idea and the concept of serving our people as as form of leadership. Uh, there's so much more in these. Uh, I'll get to in a minute. But Pastor Evan, what about you? What's one of the things that you took from this chapter that uh, really... Uh, resonated with you. Well, I really want to talk about Isaiah 42, but I think I should hold off. We might probably, okay, okay, we probably talk about okay. that in a little bit well, in a second. Okay. Well, why don't you, why don't we just jump into that in Isaiah, in that Isaiah passage, what is uh, one of those uh, uh, characteristics there that you saw that really uh, spoke to you? It's, which is one of the questions uh, that we got here in our application questions in chapter three. What's one kind of uh, stuck out to you the most? i I believe it was the first one. I mean, all okay. six of them, the, the question is like, which one? And I'm like, all six can always be growing. So <laughs> right. it's one of those. But I think that dependence, to make sure that my dependence is on God with with everything that's moving, with Easter coming, with this building coming, with life groups growing, with kids, more kids coming, more students joining. It's like, okay, there's a lot of work. And I catch myself, I'm like, man, I am depending on myself too much. And this is why I feel wrung out because mm. I'm depending only on my strength to right. get this done instead of saying, God, you'll get me through this and help me to push through mm. and to keep going. That's right. You know, the one that I think about most often is that uh, word optimism. Uh, I think in ministry in any type of leadership in ministry, pessimism can overtake your personal life often, or maybe if it's not pessimism, at least that cynicism that we have as leaders. And I don't think that's uh, relegated only to pastoral leadership. I think that happens even in your own leadership as a life group leader. But to think about as you're being pessimistic, uh, the gospel is very optimistic, very optimistic in that people are going to get saved. People are going to get disciples to be discipled. And I know the world's not going to get any better, but it will. As a matter of fact, Christ is going to come back and redeem all these things. And so life for us is very optimistic. And not to mention that God's call and God's expectation for the church is that it grows. And so we can always be optimistic that the church of God is going to grow, and he might as well do it through Compass Bible Church. And so really, our whole life should be a mark uh, of optimism. And so if you're not being optimistic in your life group, you should expect that your life group won't be optimistic. But you can expect in your life group that if you're optimistic, your life group is going to be optimistic. And one one of the six um, descriptions that Oswald Chambers gives. I really thought you Sanders. Know, Oswald Sanders. Chambers, you. different, different book. Different book. Great guy, great author. I know. Different book. Good Oswalds. <laughs> but I really enjoyed his thing on empathy. And I was really encouraged to think about, you know, you as life group leaders and saying like you do care about the people in your life group. And it's just I was encouraged to know like, yeah, of course we can grow in more empathy. But to really walk through these people's lives. And I want to say keep fighting for that compassionate heart for your life group. As soon as you become disengaged, 
that's when your life group might grow numerically, but won't grow spiritually. So keep fighting for that compassionate, empathetic heart that wants to care for the people within your life group. Well, I think that was a good overview of chapter three. And we do pray and expect that you guys are getting a lot out of uh, these short chapters. Next week, we're going to jump into natural and spiritual leadership, looking at 1 Corinthians 2, verses 1 and 4. So we look forward to jumping back into this with you and even jumping into it in a more specific uh, way on April 1st during our next Life Group Leader meeting. So we expect you guys are reading through that. Looking forward to chatting more about that. Now, on to announcements. Pastor Evan, what are some really, really big, important announcements that we have going on at Compass Bible Church here in the near future? Well, I feel like every announcement's big right now. <laughs> but the first announcement we have is a life group leader meeting coming up April 1st. This is not April Fool's. Nope, no joke. No joke. This Nobody's, is happening. We're not playing around. Life group leader, <laughs> leader meeting April 1st. Yep. So, 6, uh, 6, uh, 6 p.m., right? Do we do 6 or 6.30? We'll ask Linda. We'll ask Linda. <laughs> I, okay, 6 or 6.30. I, I mean, come on, this is, should not be that hard. Let me look real quick on that. Uh, well, he's looking is. for that. There is a few things that we want to make sure that you know, but that you really also communicate to your life groups, almost overemphasize. 6 p.m. 6 p.m. 6 p.m. Okay. Next. I think Linda put it there. So there we go. But the first big announcement is we need people to register for baptisms because we are having our first baptism mm -hmm. service on May right. 1st. So I'm excited. People have already registered. Yep, so a lot of people. We need, we need more, but there's a lot already registered. Communicate this to your life group. Encourage your life group. If they have professed Christ, have not been baptized, have not been immersed underwater, we want to baptize them. Placed into. Placed into. Baptizo. We'll explain all that on <laughs> baptism service. But you know, make sure they register for it and encourage them. This is a big deal. This is super, it's, it's a fun time. It came back from our sending church and it was baptism weekend and I was all fired up to hear our people's testimonies and for us to be able to film and record and to put out there and to celebrate what God has done in people's lives. So May 1st, but have them register online at compasshillcountry.org. Um, okay, the next big, big announcement, <laughs> it's even bigger, is Easter weekend, we have Good Friday service on April 15th at 5 p.m. and 6.30 p.m. And also a Easter service on Sunday at 11 a.m. Now, we will have people serving, you know, a lot of Compass Kids people serving at the 11 a.m. service. So if you are serving during the 11, we will have a special service for the serve team at 9 a.m. It's a closed service for those who are serving at the 11 uh, after the fact, after the 11 service, we're having a big celebration. Of, big celebration. I mean, big. We I was out big. There, the, I was out there with the decor team, explaining to everything what's about to happen. So, big celebration afterward. We'll feed you. We'll have dessert. There will oh, be stuff. There'll like, be stuff. Like a lot of stuff. Like we're we'll tell you more, but there's going to be a lot of stuff. Really there. cool stuff. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. You're going to want to be there. You're going to want to invite everybody you know and their dog. Well, speaking of inviting, Pastor Hayden, you want to take the next uh, announcement? That's right. We're going to have a church-wide outreach Saturday, April 2nd, from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. And I know that sounds like a lot of, of time, and, and it is, but we're going to meet at the building. We're going to pray. We're going to be uh, going to neighborhoods that are really close in proximity to the new building, and we're going to go door-to-door, -door, and we're going to invite people 
to church. We're going to invite them to Easter. We want them to hear the gospel. We want to proclaim the gospel. We want to see people respond to the gospel, and we want to disciple people according to the gospel. And so we're going to be doing a lot of that, and then we're going to meet back, and we're going to eat lunch under the oak trees. Doesn't that sound fun? That sounds great. Eat lunch under the oak trees. And we're reaching people for Christ. That's right, and we're going to meet back under a tree. That They had to have done that in the Bible at some point. A lot. So we're going to do the same thing. We're looking forward to meeting with you guys, getting out there, and really inviting people to Compass Bible Church to hear the gospel, to fill up these seats, not for our own glory, but for the glory of God. And we also have a big day coming up on April 9th. Uh, the new announcement here, first time you've ever heard it, Church Workday, Saturday, April the 9th. We have a lot of major projects going on in this facility that need to be completed before our Good Friday services. And so we're going to have a lot of projects. We want everybody in the church to be there to get their hands dirty, uh, to get uh, our hands ready for the work of ministry that's going on for the future of our uh, church there at 2415 Lifehouse Industrial Drive. A lot of things need to be put together. A lot of things need to be clean. A lot of things need to be hung up. We can keep going on and on. But we're going to have that as a big work day. Not the only work day. But it is the big church-wide work day, and we're also going to be doing some work April 2nd through the 14th, little projects that need to go on as we're getting ready to move into this facility. So uh, we may be reaching out to people uh, throughout this whole process as we need specific things finished. Uh, but even on that day, if you're not doing the work day with us, we, we're going to do outreach on that day as well. And so with that being said, if you're one of those people that say, you know, I know there's a lot of people working. There looks like there's a lot of hands on deck. So uh, what I'd like to do is do some outreach, put out some posters and some businesses. We need you doing that, too. And so no matter where you're at in this whole process at our church, you can uh, have a hand in helping us uh, get these uh, uh, outreach done and the workday done. So make sure you uh, tell your life groups and announce these to your life groups this week. All right, guys, so grateful for you, so grateful for all that God has done in the life of our church and looking forward to all God is going to do in the future to build his church. We'll see you guys soon. 